life in three dimensions got me bent and got me twisting. I don't want to set a lot, but I should probably stop pretending. I don't really hold the key and I can't really push a button. I just step up to the mic and try my very best to bust it, but I ran out of breath. It's tight in my chest. My feet just might fail. I can't stand up. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back. You're listening to Racially Speaking, where we have real and honest conversations about race as it's viewed through the lenses of faith, family, and vocation. I'm your regular host, David Phipps, and also joining me today, as per usual, we won't say it's it's rare anymore because we're in a good streak. I think it's two in a row. Um, you guys know him if you've been listening to the show, but of course, I'm joined by a prodigal co-host, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Two Chains, a.k.a. Michael B. Phelps, Aquaman. <laughs> no, that is not me. <laughs> Social Justice that's, Cowboy. Uh, that's, somebody else. that's me, Social Justice Cowboy. Mr. Wyatt, John Mark Walker. What's going on, brother? What's up, man? Well, I mean, you, you talked about you. being a member at the pool and oh, man. a pool with black lifeguards. You did swim team. So you're you're pretty much that. Yeah, but me and my friend always competed for last place on the swim team. So oh. <laughs> if you're if you're counting on me to save you from a fight across the pool, it's better if I run all the way around. <laughs> so you embody like a half of a half of a uh, tearing down a stereotype. Yeah, yeah, just half. I can swim, but just not well. You can swim, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're on swim team, so I'm sure you're a better swimmer than me. Well, I, I mean, I, when I say I'm bad, I'm like, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> so Caitlin, Caitlin did swim team, and she went to the pool the other day, and she came home and said how terrible it was because she felt so, like, uh, you know, out of shape and out of it and she's like like i can't i can't believe i couldn't it was something like i couldn't believe i couldn't swim my normal 30 laps oh yeah and i was like i mean i was i was genuinely like dumbfounded i was like 30 laps (laughs) 30 you couldn't swim 30 laps where'd you get like 15 that's incredible (laughs) i was just like that i could not do that like what did we do last episode like for a million dollars like i couldn't do that if you were dangling a million dollars in front of me the whole time like that's so many laughs that is a lot Good and she her. said that used to be like some kind like a warm-up or something i don't know i was just like I'm sure that, it was that's insanity i'm sure it was i uh good for her i ran cross country for a year in high school to stay in shape for other sports and yeah. i remember going to our first race and it was like a, it's a 5k so it's like three a little over three miles and i remember getting there for my first one and the coach was like all right warm up run a mile and i'm like run a mile <laughs> run a mile to warm up i couldn't believe it i was like you're serious that's wild that's wild and then you, you run a mile to cool down cross country do you really it's a cool oh, whole mile to cool yeah. down from three miles yes <laughs> that's wild those endurance athletes are a different breed. They are. That's not me. And just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Quick sprints and hard tackles. That's that's what I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all, right. all right. Look, we got we got a lot to get into today. Before we get into our main content, I, I want to say just uh, a couple brief things at the time of recording of what's been going on, not in America, but with the conflict with Israel and Palestine and I just want to say, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't say anything about it, but I want to say something brief because that's, I think that's all I have to really offer at this point. And what I mean is, I'm going to put this out there as well, is 
I want to admit and almost kind of confess and lament how little I know about what's going on, like contextually, historically, and how, how much uh, just catching up I need to do. And I don't say that to shame us or anyone listening, but just, you know, this is something, John Mark, that, um, you know, in these types of conversations like that is really embodies like our lives. So like we are very much in this space, not just on the podcast, but of speaking into speaking up for the marginalized and speaking into race and ethnic issues. But this is one I'll speak for myself that is huge. And I just, I know to paint with broad strokes, just very, very little. I don't even have to paint with broad strokes, but um, didn't have much to say when everything started happening on Saturday with the attacks um, on Israel and Palestine. And it's just a, you know, a, a lack of awareness and knowledge of what's going on. So I've been spending a lot of time um, trying to play a little bit of catch up and, you know, in no way I'm going to get to a satisfying place, but at least to a place where I can engage and get my bearings. And so I just want to put that out there. If you're listening to this and expecting us or follow us at all to speak into this a lot, um, that's great. We're, you know, trying our best to do it responsibly without skirting around anything. There's nothing that I feel held back by. That I'm afraid to say it's just, wow, wow what do I say that is coherent and and responsible i think right now um i just want to continue to double down on what so many have have said that i've seen online and that's just to speak sorrow and speak against the evil of war and just to lament and grieve the loss of of life and especially innocent life. Um, what it looks like right now is going on to put it in terms that I, I appreciate personally to um, understand a little bit of the bearings is it's a war zone and a lot of innocent lives are being lost. And there's a smaller group, uh, the Hamas, I think that's how, how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Are a terrorist group, but you know aren't representative fully of the Palestinian people. But the result is um, innocent lives being lost. So Hamas attacking Israel on Saturday, who are a, a an actual terrorist group, who I've I, I think it's accurate to say are uh, like an Al Qaeda, and then Israel retaliating and. Um, essentially bombing and attacking all of Palestine. And again, I'm being a little bit vague because I don't want to say inaccurate information, but that's essentially what's happening. A lot of innocent lives are being lost and it doesn't seem like it's going to end really anytime soon. So Mm -hmm. it's affecting um, a lot of people, obviously Palestinian and Israeli people and is giving life to a lot of anti-Semitism and it, you know, of course, affects. I know it's affecting the few people I know who are in the Jewish culture and who have family over in Israel. And so we just, I want to say that, like, we are with anybody hurting as they're navigating what's going on right now. Um, and we want to create space. Like, if you're listening to this and know people listening to this that are affected, 
leave space for people to reach out and just know that we we're with you and we want to learn and give space in any way we can on this small platform to help help in, in any way, which I know is a, is a daunting thing right now. John, do you got anything on that? I know that was, that was well said. I don't know enough to speak well to the, uh, the conflict. Um, but, um, praying that it ends soon and that lives are spared. So. Right. I think that's all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One second. No, that was it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, heavy, heavy stuff is putting it lightly, the heaviest stuff. So we will continue to engage with, with this best we can, um, moving forward here on the podcast. Um, I think the only way to segue is look, um, kind of our main content today that we plan, John Mark, is to talk about how to engage or not engage well with, you know, I'd say news stores, the internet, um, just culture in general. Uh, it's difficult, man. It's, it's, it's tough out it in is. the streets. Um, I've had to do this well, and this has been a conversation that's been being had for the last, definitely the last three to four years, but for sure, even before then. Um, we want to talk about uh, cancel culture. Okay, cancel culture. We're gonna, you know, lighthearted stuff. Uh, we're going to touch yep. on reverse discrimination. Um, what even so, is that? Yeah, look, let's get in. Let's get into this. And look, we're doing this. Um, I guess we will have a little bit of fun with it at times, but not just fun. But I think it's important because obviously we care about engaging with this stuff. And right. I think there's different ends of the spectrum. One is um, you know, a cancel culture, which I think, you know, kind of define as kind of a, um, I almost use the definite, the word in the definition, but, um, just a swift, you're done. You make a mistake, you're done. Um, mm-hmm. mentality towards mostly celebrities, um, high profile mm-hmm. people, but I think we can discuss yeah. how, how we embody that or enact that in, you know, normal everyday life. And then the opposite end of the spectrum is people pushing back on that on cancer culture being a thing and it being unfair to people being canceled or unfair to people who are just afraid to say the right thing or wrong thing and stuff like that. Um, all right, let's, so let's start there. John Mark, what are your, I mean, what are your initial thoughts when someone brings up cancel culture? Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think cancel culture, I think it has a lot to do with celebrity or somebody who has a following of some sort. Um, so I don't think it happens to normal people us normal people down here who, you know, have mm-hmm. a friend group of no more than 50 or a connection group of no more than 50, you know, 50. no, no, no following. Yeah. That's the, that is the average, uh, I think <laughs> is it? tribe okay. size. Yeah. So okay. that's, that's who you have that you have meaningful relationship with, right? No more than 50. So um, and you got more friends than me. Well, I'm not saying I got friends that are 50, but you know, 50. everyone that I have a meaningful connection with, mm. uh, I think is, is about 50 max. And uh, if you're canceled from all of them and thrown out, I feel like that's something different than what we're talking about. Cancel culture, which I think more applies to somebody who's got an online presence or um, a group of followers, even, you know, in real life um, followers, um, 
or a church or uh, is a politician or some type of leader. Um, and mm-hmm. then that's, it's, it's the falling out of grace with that people group based on something you did or allegedly did. Right. Um, and we have coined it, coined that thing, cancel culture. Right. Um, and I yeah. think that we only coined that way because of, uh, I would say that it's connected to online presences where you actually can unsubscribe, unfollow or cancel your subscription, mm. you know? So yeah. I think that's where canceling comes from. But I feel like it's as old as time, this, uh, wouldn't leaders fall out of grace with their people? I feel like it's as old as, as time. I mean, well, in that, what is it? Um, I like all throughout history. So, like thinking about like King Louis, right? We should ask King Louis' head. Oh wait, we can't. He's super dead, right? King Louis was beheaded nice. right? because because he fell out of grace with his people. He was physically canceled, right? And so, um, I also think of like Bible times, like Moses walked went on. Um, a discovery trip up in the mountains for 40 days. And in that time, as people were like, well, he's not coming back. Let's forget what he said and start following, do our own thing and build a, a golden calf. Right. So, so it's a, it's not a new phenomenon, yeah. but it is, um, there are new, I think realities to it. Um, and I wonder if part of it is that people who develop a following online feel like they're entitled to continue to have that following. Right? Yeah. So it's like, I built this whole thing. I just say one thing and then it's all gone. And it's like, yeah, but it, you, you built it, but you don't get to keep it. Right. So, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. So, so is what, there, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Is there any, is there a healthy element to it? Like, so also great Hamilton quote for those of you that missed that, the King <laughs> Louis said, um, is it all bad or all good? Obviously we live in the nuance here, but, what, I'll share my thoughts. That's, that's yeah, unfair yeah. to just hear your thoughts. No, um, I'd love to share your thoughts and then share with me. And then we can answer that, yeah. I'll piggyback off yours with the word entitlement. I think I associate cancel culture with negativity because I think it describes the polarization that we're all living in. Mm. But again, y'all, if you listen know me well enough to know I like to I think it's helpful to paint with broad strokes to then unpack it a little bit but I will lean on the side of based on what you said I don't think it's a thing in the sense of I think it's it's a lot like woke culture I think it's been hijacked by people that are entitled again I'm painting with broad strokes for right now and that they don't want to be held accountable for things. Mm-hmm. I get it. I don't like the, I'm not excusing. Like I don't like in, in not theory, but I don't like the notion that there's no grace and that people can't make mistakes. Like I don't think that in mm-hmm. and of itself is a good thing, but I don't think that's what is actually happening a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. When people are quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, are canceled. And here's what I mean. If we ask ourselves, who like who has been canceled? So we'll just talk about famous people since that's what we're talking about right now. Like, yeah, who actually has been canceled? And so off the top of my head, I'll say like, uh, so I, I think it's important to understand like what is canceled and what's not canceled, who's canceled. So off the top of my head. Okay. So like R. Kelly, 
<laughs> canceled. Gross. Bill Cosby. Yeah. Bill Cosby yeah. canceled. Yeah, for sure. Matt canceled. Lauer, like canceled. Harvey Weinstein canceled. Right. Like those are people yeah. like in my mind that I'm like, that's not cancel culture. That's like they. I, and I'm not saying they can't be experienced redemption and a change and that they become better people, but they're they're done in the public right. eye. They're done right. with their yeah entertaining they're, career, showbiz career. Done they're done. That is insurmountable. It yes. is so vile that their reputation is ruined. So uh, that's not. That's what their name will be known for. It's internet. Yeah. They won't be back in the public eye. Like and I were. say people like that because oftentimes the pushback on this cancel culture sentiment is, oh, well, what are we going to do? We're just, so does that mean like all of this stuff from this era or all of that, their show or their songs, or uh, we got to think differently about this? Or we, does that mean we're going to unpack all these other things that these people, it's like, well, maybe, but uh, do we not care that this is what, happened or that they're guilty of like do we not care about the lives that are changed yeah. forever because of um like crimes and so i think so i don't think that's cancel culture but i think sometimes that stuff is associated with because of the internet and because of mm-hmm. how people you know do actually want to see people fail which we'll get into but i like that's not canceled mm-hmm. like they're not they're not canceled um some other some other people less egregious like I, like Candace Owens, like she's not, she's not canceled. Have people canceled her? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like people, I think people in that world would say that they're being canceled because they're speaking up about something that people disagree with. She's not, she has a, she has a huge following. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So she's, she's not canceled. She doesn't, uh, the black community by and large, surely doesn't want her to represent represent y'all and you yeah. know I, yeah. I think you'd agree i think she's like a crazy cousin yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah nfl quarterback deshaun watson he has dozens dozens of um sexual misconduct and allegations out about like out being like civil cases That's um terrible. about him now he's not He's not canceled. He's got a like in it with that going on, got a uh nine figure, got a giant, like record setting contract to keep playing really? football. He got a he got a hefty suspension, but he's he's not canceled. Yeah. Um so I, I think there's a lot of confusion and like or conflation of what it looks like to be canceled and what it looks like to be held accountable. Um, mm-hmm. last thing that I'm, I'm going to give it back to you is, uh, so a, a better example is we won't unpack the whole story, but actress Jennifer Aniston, who we don't know who that is recently got in some hot water because she allegedly like liked a post that Jamie Foxx, mm-hmm. um, you know, got in quote unquote in trouble for, for being considered anti-Semitic, And she vehemently denied liking the post or anything like that. And that's fine. Like, I, I, I don't really care if she did or not, like, liked right. it or not. But just quickly, swift, knee-jerk reaction through Jamie Foxx under the bus and, like, no nuance. And that's her friend. She's worked on movies with him, all that stuff. And just immediately talked about how she disassociated, disassociated with him completely. And her quote is, I'm so over cancel culture. 
Because, oh, okay. So then her doing that, then a lot of, I think a lot of people who supported Jamie Foxx and the black community, not supporting anti-Semitism, just like sticking up for Jamie Foxx and how he got thrown under the bus, started to get mad at her. And so in response to that, she said, I'm just over cancel culture. Oh, I actually probably just got canceled by saying that. I just don't understand what it means and goes on to say more stuff. You <laughs> someone needs to take the take the phone away from her. <laughs> stuff like that that I'm like, yeah, you're oh, not, gosh. you're not. That's not cancel culture. You're not one, you're not being canceled. Um really, I I could argue you were kind of advocating to cancel Jamie Foxx. Kind of. Yeah. It's it's that people don't appreciate what you said about somebody and yeah. you're not entitled to be able to say whatever you want about people to say, yeah. especially if it's to save face for yourself. Um, look, thoughts, thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this uh, along the lines of what I think you were saying. Our culture is quick to blame and yeah. think the worst of, of the intentions of others rather than thinking the best of what, what they might say. So even in that Jamie Foxx example, he said, forget what exactly he said, but it was a common saying from the culture he's from. But when you connect it in the broader culture, there are people who would have said similar sentiments and they were anti-Semitic, right? And so when these two things come together, uh, right, you it seems like he might be saying something anti-Semitic, but like believing the best, you're like, oh, maybe there's something culturally I don't understand about, about what Jamie Foxx is saying, right? Which happened to be true. There was something culturally that was misunderstood. And so if you believe the best about Jamie Foxx, that he's not anti-Semitic, then you would think, oh, there might be something else. That's the reason why he's saying this. Right. And so I, I think there's like, I think we have a culture that, that wants to um, assume the worst of people's intentions and then doesn't have grace or wants to hear forgiveness. So mm-hmm. we're, we're not a very grace, uh, a graceful society. It's not full of grace for each other. So I think, I think that's one thing. Um, but I also think like accountability and apology, depending on the, the grievance, uh, is a good thing that we should accept, right? We should be willing to accept people's sincere apologies. And, you know, when we're talking about public figures and celebrities, people avoid saying the word, I'm sorry, because they could get in legal trouble, which is, that's weird. <laughs> but, you know, like they, mm-hmm. they, we know what a good apology is. And then we also know what, like, just trying to save face or like, Yes. Um, you know, keep your following apology is a, a fake apology. And, and, uh, those two things, if you apologize and it's not good and you still lose people, like, you know, what can I say? You brought it upon yourself. Um, but it, yes, I think one thing about this whole thing is that nobody deserves to have people follow them. You know what I mean? Mm. So like, and then everybody has the right to not follow anybody, to not let anybody influence them in any way, whoever they want. Like everybody has the freedom to, to choose who they listen to or not. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, politicians, celebrities, you know, pastors, leaders of any kind, uh, they don't have the right to have people follow them. They have to, you have to earn that. You have to earn their trust, earn that following. Right. And if you do something that significantly betrays that, then people are going to unfollow you. And, and um, I think that is the way that it is. You know, I think it's fine. So I, I feel like cancel culture is like a phrase. That's like a, a boogeyman. It's like a phrase to get people excited about things that are wrong in our society, rather than truly examining like 
okay, something is going on here. Um, people are not as willing to, um, to present, to be trusting of, of others and aren't as willing to forgive, aren't as gracious. So how then do we navigate a society like that? Right. Especially in words, um, phrases, things that are said that are, uh, demeaning and belittling to, uh, historically marginalized people in groups. Yeah. Right. If you say any of those things today, that's very unpopular to say things that are racist, sexist, you know, phobic of any kind. Right. Um, and those things will get you quote unquote canceled. Right. But those are wrong things to say all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so whereas in the yeah. past, I think, um, people in power had more freedom to say whatever they wanted to say and oppress people. Now, um, you really, they, they're learning. You cannot say that and, and keep the public trust. Yeah. So, yeah. So how do we, I think that is fan, fantastically um, explained. So at the, um, you know, the former president and one, uh, yeah. Former president Trump and the delegate, I think is what it says. Um, in 2020, it targeted the phenomenon of mm-hmm. cancel um, culture. culture, calling it, saying it's grown into erasing of history, encouraging lawlessness, muting citizens, and violating free exchange of ideas, thoughts, and speech. So essentially saying it's, it's, it's uh, revising history as well as infringing on the American idea of free speech. I think that I, I think that that's how a lot of people view it, and so that's the kind of the crux of my pushback. Of yeah, it's not a thing. It's this. All I hear is people exactly like you're saying, who have never been held accountable for things, not wanting to be held accountable. Certainly mm-hmm. not by people who are below them mm-hmm. um, in their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think we have to take that into account, but then. Uh, let me uh, come off of what you said and say, how do you, so how have you navigated this over the last few years as well as how are you currently? So like, have you, so let's make it much more relatable because no one's famous here. H- how do you navigate canceling or not canceling people? It could be people you follow who are maybe famous, but also people mm-hmm. in general um, like peer to peer or in your, your tribe of 50 that you, you, <laughs> you, you mentioned, um, how, just how do you like in, in your, and how you live, how do you navigate this? Cause it affects all of us, regardless of where we fall. How do I navigate deciding who to follow and unfollow or let influence me and, and not let influence me? Person to person, that can be people like in your circles that you know, or right. as well as, the famous people. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, a good wise principle and practice in life is to um, evaluate who brings you life, who brings who generates uh, joy, love, peace in your life, who brings wisdom in your life, uh, wise counsel, um, who encourages you in good directions. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel like, every parent of a teenager or everyone who's ever been a teenager has had some type of make better choices of your friends conversation, you know? And it's like, 
So, so that type of thing, look for, look for positive things that are brought up, um, in your life from people and from what, what you let influence you. I, uh, so, so that's what I do. I, I take account of how I'm feeling after I listen to like a podcast, read a book, watch a show, um, listen to music or, um, sit in a church or, um, listen to a sermon. I, I take account of how I'm feeling, how is this affecting my life? Is it positive or negative? And, and I think recently, if it's been more negative and trending downward, I've actually unsubscribed, actually stopped going, you know, yeah. not, not if they're a person, not necessarily cut contact, but like stopped initiating, stopped going in places where I've run into them. Um, if there's a real conflict, I think there's wisdom in seeing if you actually have to address it. But if it's just that, that relationship, brings about negative things in your life it's okay to let it you know dwindle and fade and fall away like that's that is okay it doesn't mean that you hate them or wish the worst for them it's just you can let you can let things float away so be wise about what you invest your time in and what you listen to and learn from but i'm curious how you would answer that question too i think similarly so would you say is it is it categorized as cancel culture if so Take us back to like, I'm genuinely asking like a 2020 mm-hmm. and seeing people you might, you might not have known this about before, but seeing the people in your circles that spoke up against like Black Lives Matter or against mm-hmm. anything that brought up uh, systemic racism or um, the corruption in policing or police brutality, stuff like that. When you saw people who, who you knew, not famous people speaking up against that stuff, not like, like against, against those things, not for those things. Yeah. Um, Like against racial justice issues. Yes. Is it, what did you do with that? Was that, is that canceling people who just can't, is it canceling if I, you know, cut them off and stop hanging out with them? You know, that's a good question. I, I think some people might call that cancel culture, right? That I would, um, I don't know, move away from fellowship with those people. Um, I think other people would call that self care, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, that, that I would move away from, from those people. Um, I, I feel like cancel culture has this thing of disparaging the reputation of others. Right. So, um, so if I were to, not only pull away my relationship with those people, which is my right to do, I can pull away relationship from whoever. Um, but if I were to not only do that, but also say to everybody else, Hey, stop hanging out with these people because blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Or I spend mm-hmm. my time saying, Hey, stop going over there because they said this at that church or, or organization. They did this, they did that. And just kind of broadcasted everywhere. My negative opinions about, other people, I think that's more leaning into the the graceless uh, negative side of whatever this phenomenon is we call cancel culture. So um, keeping it personal and close and saying, I'm, I'm not going to go in those spaces. I think that's fine. That's maturity. That's life. But um, constantly tearing down old friends or old spaces that I was in, I think that that is, that shouldn't be done. And that's negative. So. Absolutely. Oh, With the exception of if they did something terrible to you, then, you know, just speaking the truth isn't always the worst thing, but yeah. you got to use wisdom, right? You got to use wisdom. So, Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'd want. Um, 
our listeners to take. Like, I don't have anything to add to that. I think that was, I think I've been operating and living exactly how you just described. I've just not been able to put it so eloquently, but that's great. The I think the shift is when this is done poorly, I think the toxicity of cancel culture is for sure when you're bent on the canceling part on mm-hmm. yeah. disparaging someone, ruining someone's career and yeah. making sure they suffer versus just removing yourself or removing them from your life. And it doesn't always have to be a direct thing. You know, we mm-hmm. definitely encourage reconciliatory questions. I mean, the conversations at all costs, I think that's biblical as well, but uh, you know, I think it's okay to apply the Matthew ten fourteen verse with, you know, whoever does not receive you nor hears your words when you depart that house or city, shake off the dust off your feet. Yeah. Like I think that is appropriate sometimes. Yeah. And people so of color often, I think endure too long sometimes because they feel yeah. guilty. And sometimes it's just self-care. Like you mentioned, like healthy self-care is, Hey, get out of there. Like they're not gonna, they're not listening. And it's actually traumatic. Yeah. for you to continue to navigate a space that is become fighting for your dignity versus just a little disagreement. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'd want to add on to this for our listeners. Um, you can leave. <laughs> you, yes. you have freedom to leave anything, any relationship, any organization, any group that you're in, in your life, you have freedom to leave that. And I, I feel like they, they're, there can be, especially in religious circles, this pressure that you have to stay. You know, what about the mission? Uh, you made this commitment. Like, you know, things, commitments mm-hmm. change. It's not like you said, I'm married to you for life, right? Uh, if it's a job, it's hard right now, but there are other jobs out there. Um, if it's your community, that's hard too, but there's other community out there. There's other people out there. Yeah. And so if if these things are tearing you down, aren't bringing you life, aren't valuing you, aren't caring for you, you as an adult have freedom to leave, you know? Um, and if you're not an adult, just wait a couple of years, you will be an adult and then yeah. you have freedom to yeah. leave. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. So I, that's, I just want to encourage people. You don't yes. have to be stuck in, in those spaces that you're in. A couple of things on clarity, uh, to be yeah. clear, you're not advocating for, uh, to, to just, uh, on a whim, leaving a marriage or something like that. As you're going through that. Yeah. Um, you're I said, you're not married to these other things. Yeah. If you're married, you're married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no, um, no, nah, our, our, our listeners are smart. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to get canceled. I didn't want to get canceled on our cancel culture episode. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So the only pushback for arguments sake I'll give is Yes freedom we all have the freedom to leave these spaces we're not tied to them in the ways we might think i will say even for somebody who wants to push back a little bit i I want to at all costs encourage people to stay as long as you can while at the same time i fully believe that people are staying too long in these spaces Mm. you know what i'm saying or like enduring Mm -hmm. things that they're, they're actually they're actually not called to endure and it's being um, fed to them that that's the uh, the moralistic or Christian thing to do to just endure. I'm not yeah. saying that we're not supposed to endure it. Like we're literally like if you're a Christian listening, like for us, like 
we're going to go through hard times. Community and friendships, relationships are hard. We're called to endure things for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of relationship. I think that's healthy. But people who have authority and power, especially, and a lot of times it's, it's, it's our white brothers and sisters, not all the time, but a lot of times, um, it, you have to be held in check as well. And you can't, you have to be realistic. And for my you know, brothers and sisters of color on here, listening, you have to be able to experience the freedom, John Mark, you're talking about knowing who has power or not, or is maybe even abusing power over you. So I think, yes, like we're all individually responsible to stay how we feel called, but also please hear us saying there's a freedom to leave. um, If, if it's becoming traumatic and and toxic for you, like that's Mm -hmm. not the type of endurance we're called to in the Bible or we're not called Mm -hmm. to, you know, endure an abusive situation. Like that's not the, the, just the Christian higher moral thing to do all the time. Right. Yeah. If it's abusively, yep. Yeah. It's space. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had a thought and now it's gone. Yeah, there it goes. And sorry, maybe this will jog, maybe this will jog in <laughs> yeah, memory a little bit. It might, it might. Um I we mentioned this, so this is this is related. Um reverse discrimination. Okay, we all know what discrimination is, but the term reverse discrimination is not is not an innovative term, but it's been closely associated with author and speaker activist Ibram X. Kendi and his whole his book, How to Be Anti-Racist, which came out before a lot of this uprising of yeah. racial reckoning we've had. I know people think he, you know, it came out right at the same time, but it didn't. Yeah, anyway, how, how to be anti-racist, his whole thing is how to be anti-racist. Um, he's wrote other books, but that that's his thing. And that's obviously a lot of language that's been hijacked as well. But I want to say something about that because I think it is it is linked inextricably to cancel culture in, in a little bit, a few ways. And so, sorry, I'll pull it up. The, the quote he says, or that's often referred to in his book, um, the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. Okay. Um, then there's a pretty solid quote by Lyndon B. Johnson after that. But uh, anyway, let's just stop there. So thoughts on that quote, which naturally is going to get pushed back. He knows that. What are your like knee-jerk reactions to someone saying, just him saying that the only remedy to discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. Um, only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination and past discrimination is present discrimination. That's interesting. I, that's a, yeah, I, um, I thought I thought this we were taking this I didn't I thought we were taking this in a different direction but this is a good direction so his okay. quote that so it sounds like he's saying fight fire with fire sure right it sounds like he's saying be discriminate against those who are discriminatory right uh huh um, does yeah. any part of you agree with it 
I'm I'm trying to find I'm I'm trying to find if there is a part of me that does agree with it. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. So violence begets violence, punishment fit the crime. Um, but then also in in if in eye for an eye we're we're all blind, right? <laughs> so so that I think that is a human response, right? Um if if the person who was beaten all of a sudden gets the whip and has the the power and authority to beat back, right? I feel like it's a natural human animal response to do that. Um, but a higher response is to spare that person the pain that you've been through, even when they have afflicted it on you, right? Yeah. Um, and I say higher because I think that response um, innately believes in a more powerful something. So for the follower of Christ, it's God that is going to bring about vengeance, right? God is going to repay all of the injustices in the world. That's what, that's what the Bible preaches. Um, yeah. But for someone who is not, who is more secular, I would, that I think would be the role of government to um, fix those wrongs. But, um, you know, we know that governments are often the oppressive one, you know, think mm-hmm. of slaves in America or uh, Native Americans, or even some of the systems of poverty and prejudice that we still have today. Right. So, um, so then that's why I appeal to God as the highest authority who will fix all those injustices too. But, um, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. If, if being anti-racist means you are against humans who are racist, I think that fight is in the wrong place. But if being anti-racist means that you're against the ideology and the thoughts and the systems of racism, then I'm like, yeah, okay. I think, I think that's, that's right. So it depends on, um, it depends on what he means when he talks about um, discriminating against. Is he talking about discriminating against people or discriminating against ideas and policies and practices? Right. What do you think about that quote? <laughs> or what? That's good. It's good. I think it's it's one of those both and things. So I would assume he knew that it would uh, the fruit of what he was saying would prompt discussions like this. So I think some of it might've been hyperbole. I don't think he means, I think it should be taken like this and this, I'm going to be very opinionated. Um, I think it's not like he said the only way to get over slavery is to enslave white people. Right. Right. Like, I don't think he's doing that with, uh, tit for tat type thing. Like, well, that's the only way, like, like they, like black people suffer. Now we're going to, you know, enslave white people for 400 years and have them see how it feels. Like, I don't think it was that. I think the sentiment of the only actual way we're going to like undo all this stuff is to start over almost. And Mm -hmm. the only way to kind of start over is to, uh, you, you almost have to err on the opposite side sometimes. And I think that is, I, I think some of the truth in what he's saying is evident in news stories right now. One of which um, is like the pushback on a, something like affirmative action. Okay, so the whole thing with that is the, the pushback on an undoing of affirmative action at, in higher education and other places, but actual like Supreme court ruling on affirmative action in higher education, like race cannot be considered 
with uh, admissions, the admissions process anymore. The pushback on that came from a very small group of people that didn't like that they weren't getting into Ivy Leagues and other institutions, because white people be, and, and, and actually Asian people, um, yeah. because black people were being considered over them because of uh, anything that had to do with race. Mm-hmm. So my point, like, I think that's exactly what this quote speaks about is it's not it's not discrimination in the same sense of disenfranchisement or dehumanizing people it's well how are we possibly going to get to a place of equality if we don't change how we've been doing the whole system and intentionally always before excluding and intentionally uh discriminating against people of color Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think what he's saying is truth in the sense of how is it like, there's not another way. Like, and, and the other way that people, that a lot of people pushing back on something like affirmative action, uh, what they're saying is they want a, a race, this race neutral approach mm-hmm. to, yeah. to, to solve the past discrimination. And I think Ibram X. Kendi's point is that's not, it's impossible. It's not, possible. it's a hundred percent impossible. Yeah. It's, it's, percent not impossible. it's not yeah. possible. Um, that, that, that ship has sailed. <laughs> yeah. That Lyndon B. Johnson yeah. quote said, you don't take a person who for years has been hobbled by chains and liberate him, bring him up to the starting line of a race and then say, you're free to compete with all the others and still right. justly believe that you have been completely fair. Yeah. Like you, you have so, to err in a different side. And like, I think, I think of a RB, um, RBG quote that when she was asked, when will you be satisfied with how many women are on the Supreme court? And she said, and her response was not till they're all women, meaning you wouldn't, there wouldn't be pushback if that was about men. Yep. Yep. That's a good quote. But go go um, ahead. Rest, rest in power. Um, uh, yeah, I think I hear what you're saying. So he's not saying reverse discrimination as in oppress those who oppressed you, but he's saying, reverse discrimination as in lift up those who have been oppressed and it may feel unfair, but it is, but it, we can't be at a neutral place because of the history in our past. Right. So I'm not going to put so, words in his mouth. That's my assumption. Right. I think yeah, he's feeling yeah, yeah. They got, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. That I feel much better about than, than my, my reading of it. Maybe I should have been more less cancel culture on him for that statement. Uh, Not that I would cancel him. I think he has a lot of good things to say. I think uh, we have to use a lot of wisdom in, in uh, when we read Kendi and take his information in, but yeah. I think he's, I think he's well thought on, on these issues and, and speaks well to them. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I hear you. I, I think I agree too. And I think affirmative action is a good example. And um, in the time, it, you know, it was useful for bringing, um, people of color and women into academic spaces and workspaces. Um, now I think I'm hoping that our society is at a point that if a university or a business or a company um, has weird, you know, racial demographic numbers or ethnic demographic numbers, then it's like, why don't you have a lot of, you know, black people working in your company? Why are the, the numbers off? Then I, I think the public could be against that. I think we're at a point where maybe, public thought and opinion would be in favor of having uh, diversity. And so um, I think 
that society will drive itself, and we don't. We hopefully don't need um, need uh, affirmative action as much anymore. I'm not right. saying I'm glad that it's over. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I don't think we're there, but I'm 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 hopeful that we're at a point where, where it'll happen. And the other thing that I'm hopeful we're at a point is, is um, poverty has gone with um, ethnic minorities. They've been hand in hand in our, our uh, nation's history. And still, um, you know, the most impoverished are, are brown and black people. And, um, and so they have a harder time getting into higher education or higher paying careers or, yeah. you know, higher jobs. Um, and so I, I'm hopeful that companies, colleges, universities, We'll look at different factors when considering um, uh, diversity than just race now, now that that has opened up for them. So, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Like in an ideal world, we wouldn't need affirmative action. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't think that's all you're saying, but I think I, I 100% agree with that. I just don't think we're in... An ideal world. I don't think we're anywhere near the ideal world. Not just kind of yeah. like I really don't like. I think there's yeah. a lot of evidence that we're not there, and I think this this sentiment that even Max Kendi has brought up is kind of is kind of addressing that. Like I think I, so a lot like a lot of organizations or like whether it's churches or I mean I've been in a lot of those kind of conversation with church. Like I think one of the um, inarguable steps towards fostering a multi-ethnic organization, including church, like you have to have the a priority has got to be um, diverse leadership. And I, I don't think there's not, to me, there's not an argument around that reality. Like that just, that has to be one of the, if not the first step, and how yeah. to go about things, no matter how long it takes. Like there's got, that's gotta be something. And my point is, I think the only reason to argue about that is because you don't want to actually do it. Yeah. And so yeah. like, it, it'd be ludicrous to, uh, even with, uh, you know, the gender argument, like if you're trying to have more women lead, like what, how could you not prioritize interviewing and vetting women for those positions. Yeah. Like how ludicrous is yeah. it to be like, well, but you know, that's a priority, but we're going to make sure we interview men and women equally. It's like that, that makes zero sense. And, it, and for people who have seen a path to power, who have never had to face that, it feels like discrimination. Like that's what I'm like, saying. It's a feeling I mean? like it feels a, like, it feels like discrimination that there's people being, being considered. Everything has been weighted in your direction. Right. You've been preference before, unstated preference, but you've been preference yeah. before because of your gender, your race, uh, the culture you come from, the language you speak. Uh, you've been preference before, and now we're trying to bring diversity in, and it's like, oh, but there's so many people like you, you know. So, so that yeah, so I see what you're saying. That's where where it comes in. So men will feel some kind of way when women are preferenced over them because they're women, or even um, because they well, consider because they thought that they had a clear path to uh, whatever position they wanted. So it's, it's like if, uh, if I, of my kids, if I always gave um, my oldest like two candy bars and then the other ones, one candy bar and one candy bar, then all of a sudden I started giving, you know, equal candy bars. She'd be like, well, why'd you take my candy bar away from me? You know? And it's like, yeah, it's like, well, now there's fairness here before I was giving you unfair preference. So, um, 
I think with the with the college administ- administration, um, legacies for for forever have been giving mm. preference <laughs> into these high yeah. high high yeah. schools in our country, right? Um, legacy admissions is the opposite of affirmative action, and nepotism is the opposite of affirmative action in the workplace, right? Yeah. Hiring your your family or your friends' families or your business partner's family, right? That so it's it's like are we going after that in the same way we're going after affirmative action? Um, or right. we still need, like, to your point, we still need that balance of affirmative action to counteract the the negative of nepotism and, uh, and legacy admissions. So I think the reality is that the ideal world that we all claim to want is going to feel uncomfortable to people that have always benefited from it not being equal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's well said. And the unfortunate part is those people are the ones that are in power and can do something about it. Yeah. Like getting rid of affirmative action, just like that. Like resisting all these other changes, like stuff like the quota read by former president saying that all this is, is getting rid of free speech and revising history, which is just all, all kinds of which way hypocritical for, for him to <laughs> yeah. say, but it, it's true. anyway, we gotta go. That man but, is the freest to say whatever he wants. He has right. nothing but free speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We gotta go. But some practicals. Uh, look, with, with all this, you know, we said a lot, and a lot of this stuff is interconnected as always. But um, even even with what we we began with, you know, I can't help but notice. I, I think that uh, you only know what you know, and you're gonna be engaged with uh, what you're engaged with. Um, and I, I acknowledge the toxicity of something like keeping up with the news and or social media at times. But I also want to acknowledge the the danger in cutting yourself off and just out of whether it's self-care at times, you know, absolutely take a break. Like, like you need to do that for mental health a lot of times. But don't err on the side. Uh, don't do the opposite end of the spectrum and just cut off and be uninformed about everything. Like, and when stuff comes up that you're not informed about that, you know, is important, take it in stride and inform yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're not endorsing, I'm not, I'll, I'll speak for, uh, you know, we're not endorsing cancel culture or reverse, reverse discrimination. We're endorsing uplifting the marginalized on here. And I just want to say, I, there are ways to continue to engage and be on on social media, be off social media, but be engaged with the news in a in a healthy way. And uh, to people that uh, who are on both sides of stuff, you know, I, I encourage everyone to find figure out how you can best engage because you know I, I'm a big believer in even something like I think we need to be informed about what's going on with politics to a degree because politics politicians make policies which affect people there's some good alliteration Mm -hmm. there and to not engage with it is often a privilege and everyone's got their own threshold and when a lot of us decide to get engaged it sometimes it's just too late and so it it, i think is a can be a loving thing to be informed and engage with these things yeah. Not in an obsessive way. I'm not saying that, but in a way that is just, hey, this this stuff affects people. I need to know what's going on um, as a human being. 
You got anything to add to that, John Mark? I think that's kind of the backdrop of why we even did this. No, I think that's good. That's well said. Awesome. Responsibly engaged. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all right, we got to go. I know I've, I've gone over time when we talked about John Mark, but uh, look, man, thanks for thanks for potting with me, listeners. As always, thank you for getting all the way to the end of this, spending just a little bit of time with us. Um, look, as always, please please follow the podcast, sub, uh, submit to it, subscribe. That's the word. Subscribe don't, to it. Don't cancel. Yeah, don't cancel us. Also, don't you know submit to us necessarily. <laughs> subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts on all the platforms. It does you know help us get get listeners and all that kind of stuff. Write us a review if you have the time. Um, only give us five stars if you don't want to give us five stars don't 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 uh, don't give us two stars or anything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like uh, it or don't we, like it yeah yeah we love you all um, regardless uh, we're also on social media follow us follow us there we love to hear from you we really do send us an email um, we love engaging and hopefully what you've been listening to is helpful um, the music you're listening to is done by our guy Dylan Dent the art, artwork and logo were created by Ashley Bush and we'll see you guys next time the nightmare might scare you no worse than reality they hunt you by day y'all rob he am everybody got a time but that's less than comforting I hope I'm alive by the time they choose to come for me mosquitoes in the vein or leeches on my soul this money on my mind is a fracture of my bones you get crippled by continuing existence like a ghost and they wonder why we drink and they wonder why we smoke and they wonder why we think that everything's a joke I'm shocked that we can sleep must be the thought of letting go 